Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Brighter Day Record Shop podcast. A podcast which shares the WhatsApp voice notes between myself and one of a vinyl dealer. And what joy, for a month, me and Danny George Wilson shared our WhatsApp notes and you're going to really struggle to find a more passionate record seller and, and performer. But look, I'm going to stop speaking now. I'm just going to hand you over to Joel from about a month ago. Over to you. Danny, it's Joel. Welcome. You're the third person to join me on the Brighter Day Record Shop podcast. The next month, we're going to be sharing our WhatsApp voice notes as we document our journey buying and selling records. And this is the first message and a perfect time for you to introduce yourself. Introduce your shop and just give us a bit of information about what you do. Our messaging from Epping Forest, it's, it's raining a little, it's very cold, but uh, can't miss the opportunity to go for a walk. Uh, even if it is a bit of a miserable day. But later on, I'll be, getting, I'll be getting stuck into a box of records. But now, it's over to you. Hey Joel, it's Danny. How you doing? Uh... Listen, thanks so much for having me on this. I really appreciate it. I thoroughly enjoyed the first one with uh, Ian from Longwell and yourself. And uh, I'm looking forward to the second one. But I'm thrilled to be the third. Um, I'm actually calling you from the shop. Just closing up. There's a gig on here tonight. Basically, the shop is called Union Music Store. There's one in Lewis. There's one in Sutton. Or kind of half one. It's almost like a concession, the one in Sutton. In a venue, a really great music venue called the Sound Lounge. And it's a bar and restaurant and all that. So it's, it, it's, it's a really social place. It's a really nice place to have a record store. Uh, but we have our main shop in Lewis. Uh, and my uh, very good friend, Del Day, runs the Lewis shop. Um, and we bought that as a, as, as it was already called Union. We bought that from uh, Stevie and Jamie uh, when they decided to move it on. Uh, but when they had the shop, it was much more of a, a sort of very a genre specific shop. It was like a country, uh, Americana folk kind of shop, and they also sold guitars and that. But we don't. We just sell records, and I'm. Uh, it's not particularly. We sell new and secondhand stuff, so we'll, we'll have a good chat about the secondhand stuff. But the new stuff's interesting. I mean, we're quite. We're sort of keen to sort of curate it. So it's. Like, I know I'm blabbering on, but it goes. Um, yeah. So it's not. It's not particularly mainstream. You won't kind of get a lot of the any of the real chart stuff. So looking at my wall in Sutton, I've got a Doris Duke album up there, a Mike Cooper album, Fred Neil, Jane Birkin, Fela Kuti, International Submarine Band, Dark Round the Edges, Rusty Bunyan, Jack Nietzsche, and also quite a lot of jazz. Archie Shepard's on the wall at the moment and a few others, but we do quite a lot of stuff with sort of direct with certain labels there's a couple of great labels in Bilbao in Spain one called Hanky Panky uh, they've done recently the Paul Williams stuff and Jack Nietzsche they do some really cool honey bus bits and bobs and there's also a label um, out of Bilbao as well called Soul For Real who mostly do amazing uh, sort of kind of soul from the vault seven inches although they've got a brilliant uh, compilation out at the moment anyway I'm totally rabbiting uh, I think I've told you sort of everything that you wanted to know but you can always get back to me and ask anyway I suppose uh, well I'm going to watch a gig and have a beer uh, in fact Union even have their own uh, IPA here <laughs> 
which I'm going to go and have a pint of. Listen, uh, again, really thrilled to be here. Hello to everyone who's listening, and uh, I'll speak to you very shortly, mate. Cheers. Well, Danny, it's nice to meet you. I mean, although we've met many times in person already, but welcome. And uh, nice having you introduced into the podcast. Right, so enough of this. I'm about to get on the tube train. You may hear it. I'm off to West London. I just got a call and saw a couple of photos of an African record collection from what I could see a lot of high life, a lot of Calypso. And I'm quite excited. So I'm going to tell you how I get on. I hope you're having a nice day. It's very cold. Oh, Danny, 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 Danny. Danny, it's, it's, it's times like these. There I am quoting Foo Fighters. Um, I've just picked up just the most incredible collection of Ghanaian uh, and West African 78s and LPs um, in astonishingly good condition. And I have no idea what I'm looking at, but I'm just so excited to get them home and go through them. Um, I paid quite a bit of money as well, but I'm like, I don't care. I'm, when am I ever going to come across a collection like this again? So I thought, fuck it, let's just get them home. I'm sure, you know, I'll, I'll do okay, but I can't imagine I'm going to be selling many of these. They're just absolutely stunning. Uh, a good day. Mark down to mark today down as good. I've got proper, uh, beautiful uh, morning after the night before feelings with this collection I bought, which is, I'm looking at it now, it's sitting in a couple of boxes, well, a few boxes. I'm so excited. I think I didn't really kind of fully explain last night my messages, what they were. It's just like, must be about 200 LPs, and that's, I guess, about 178s, and they're all high life, and they're all artists I've never heard of before, many of which aren't even on Discogs. And I'm just like, this is why I do what I do. It's so exciting because I know that in the future I'm going to have a like about three days of getting through them and, and just discovering and I can't wait. But it's making me think, have, have you ever bought a collection like this yourself? Have you ever um, bought a collection of records and not really recognised any of them but just thought, well, you know, it's worth a pump and then it's led to this incredible discovery. Not just a genre but maybe an artist. I'd love to know. Hey Joel, it's Danny. Uh, it's really lovely to hear your enthusiasm about the uh, Ghanaian uh, High Life collection. It sounds amazing. I, to- I totally share it, I to- and I could totally feel it. And I to- sort of wish I could come round your your gap and have a look. The '78s sound very interesting. I mean, '78s normally make me want a mile, but um, to see that stuff and to hear it must be—you must be having a great time, mate. Uh, not jealous, but happy for you. Very cool. Um, and yeah, it sent me off uh, thinking of a couple of, you know, most, you know, same as you, most, and the stuff we sort of is our bread and butter, I guess, is rock and pop, you know, with hopefully with a few rarer bits or some stuff that's in better condition than normal. But yeah, it, your question, and, and it set me off having to think of some of the more niche or genre sort of collections that are, you know, uh, are exciting and, and, and a thrill. Um, they're generally kind of a thrill because you're you're sort of having an insight into someone's really curated 
collection of music that they, you know, specifically really loved that not everybody else wandering down the street loved at the same time, if you know what I mean. Uh, so it's a, a sort of a bit of a privilege, isn't it? I suppose. But it reminds when we first took over the shop in Lewis, which is about five years ago now. A guy wandered in, really cool guy actually. Um, yeah, probably about seventy years old, I guess. And he talked to us about some records that he wanted to sell, and he brought them in. And Dell, who I work with and who runs the Lewis shop, um, worked at HMV in the jazz section. Um, for a decade so he really knows his jazz um which is amazing for us to be honest but he's really super super passionate about it he knows his stuff but this collection was like um stuff really quite avant-garde jazz stuff um evan parker uh derrick bailey stuff like that john chikai uh han bennick a lot of stuff that was on first presses in sort of hand painted sleeves on incas on the Incas label, quite valuable, um, but just quite a wonder to see. And I, I think it may have been that collection, but there's a few of those sort of hand sort of put together Sun Ra. Um, I think maybe there were 10 inches, but I can't remember, but with, with labels stuck on and stuff like that, really DIY kind of jazz in a, in a punk styling, I suppose, or the other way around. But no, amazing. That was a really cool collection. I've also come across... The odd, you know, Bollywood collection, which again, it, it, it's just a beautiful, you know, it's, it, the artwork, the sort of the music, um, the curation of those collections, just amazing. And, and, and weirdly, they're not, they're not often difficult to sell. You know, you just have to sort of find the people who are really passionate about that stuff, and they're as excited as you are. And uh, I was going to say, as you know, I'm a uh, a, a massive sucker for a country um, album or two. And I recently bought, uh, a, I would say, a third of, I don't I haven't even done the sums, but a third of a country collection. It's in amazing condition, but I bought, I was I was privy to see A to H and the rest is in storage. So I cannot, absolute, can't wait to go back. Every time you do your flick through, I uh, send you a message beforehand saying any buck-o-ins or anything like that. So, I'm very cool, um, really excited to see this, um, the rest of this country collection. Un, un, unlike jazz and, and probably your high life collection, country doesn't sell quite in the same sort of numbers, but I, 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 I'm, I'm very proud definitely to have the best country collection for a while in our racks, uh, for a what you know, way away, way around this part of London. But um, one other collection I was just going to um, mention to you, a friend of mine, he was a neighbour of mine until recently, he was selling some records, not a big collection, but he, he had a, a bag of, uh, like a DJ bag of, of seven inches amongst some records that he needed to get rid of when he was moving. And I had a look at it, it's lo really cool, loads of rockabilly, a little bit of rock steady, like it, like it was his DJ bag, really, or some of his DJ stuff. And... Um, I was recently asked to DJ a, an event at the best pub in the world, the Betsy Trotwood in Farringdon. And um, I hadn't really prepared, so I, I, I took a punt on just taking the bag um, to um, to this event. And, and, and I randomly played, for the most part, I didn't know most of them, loads of really brilliant, obscure rockabilly stuff. Um, 
and a bit of soul, a bit of early James Brown, but and a bit of Rocksteady, like I said. But so I just took this bag and randomly played, um, you know, sides of these sevens at uh, this night, and it it went down a complete and utter storm. It was it was what they call a triumph. But funnily enough, you know, and I felt a bit like the op- the opposite of Serrano de Bergerac, like I was almost playing someone else's amazing taste. Uh, and the crowd loved it, and people were coming up to me and asking me, what's that? And I was like, my head was going spinning around trying to read what was playing. I even got offered some money for one of them. So there you go. But that, that bag has now been christened the Magic Bag. So uh, I'm going to rename myself as a DJ Magic Bag. Anyway, listen, I'll be back in touch very shortly. And well done on that collection. Sounds lovely. Cheers, mate. See you soon. Bye. Danny, now I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm absolutely taking advantage of messaging you from Epping Forest because I've never heard the forest sound so alive with all different types of creatures. So I thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice to capture this in audio form whilst asking you some questions? <laughs> so thanks so much. I, I loved hearing that about, the, um, about those collections. I think, I imagine we are quite similar in this sense that for us, this job is a, as much about discovery as it is about making money. And what I've discovered in the last sort of week since I got this High Life collection is a whole new musical genre I was aware of and would occasionally have the odd record of. But now, I'm, well, I'm not an expert, say, but certainly now I know, know a lot more. And just the history of the labels and where the artists come from and seeing the originals from Ghana, but then the um, the children of those immigrants then producing their own music in London. And I was finding out about labels from Clapton and Hackney and I just really brought it home. I was born in Hackney and I was just fascinated to see this Clapton um, postcode and I typed it in. It's like, that's around the corner from where I was born. This label releasing this incredible Ghanaian music. I just, it's really beautiful, really beautiful. But look, whilst I'm walking what sounds like in a jungle, I wanted to ask you, because you're more than just a, a buyer record, a buyer and seller of records, you're, you're also a musician yourself, and I want you to, to spend a moment, and I want to know more, and I'm sure the people listening would like to know a little bit more about your own music, Danny and the Champions of the World. Um, so tell us about your... Yeah, just take a moment to say a little bit more about your journey of releasing your own music. Hey, Joel, it's Danny. Uh, it's so lovely to hear you calling from uh, Epping Forest and the uh, bird song and the wildlife and everything. Uh, sounded lovely. Must be all that acid folk you've been listening to. Bit of a gathering the mushrooms. You're actually gathering in the mushrooms. Uh, wish I was there. Uh, I'm calling from Sutton as usual um, and uh, just really enjoyed hearing about how that amazing high life collection is and, and studying the, the labels and everything and how it brought you back to your uh, birthplace in uh, Clapton home of Clapton is God graffiti too uh, but yeah no it's, it's interesting it reminds me a bit of you know running the shop and, and growing up here in Sutton uh, you sort of get to hear about local musicians and legends and stuff 
which has been interesting here. There's a lot of conversation here you have with people who go, oh, yeah, so-and-so he was brought up up the road. I guess Jeff Beck, sadly, recently departed, was one of our fa- famous uh, sons here in uh, Wallington or Sutton around here. Um, yeah, he was from Wallington. And a, a lot of that whole sort of blues scene, that Clapton and all of those guys, Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck, and all, all of that was was quite centred around this area. There's a pub literally over the road from the shop here called the it was called the Red Lion, which was um, it's quite famous in Stones history. I think it may have been Charlie's first gig or something like that. Uh, but they played there a lot, as did various other people, including uh, I think that's Glyn Johns was local around here as well. And I think that's one of the places where they uh, forged their relationships. Uh, but loads of jazz as well. Um, John Heisman, again, sadly, recently departed uh, in the last couple of years, and, and his wife, Barbara Thompson. But also, uh, they were Sutton you know, residents and worked here a lot. And uh, people like Neil Ardley, a lot of that new jazz stuff, but not new, but newly sort of rediscovered British jazz from the 70s was, some of it was centered around here, yeah. And then, and, and weirdly, Tubby Hayes was, uh, born up the road, I think, or lived up the road in Rains Park and played, I think, his first gig at St Helia Tavern in Carshalton. Um, as a teenager, I think he sat in with the Ronnie Scott Band. But anyway, um, you're asking about my music. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I still make music, still release music. Um, I see the records and the, my interest in the record shop and... and you know, being a complete record obsessive. It's much, really, it's just an extension of the same thing as playing the guitar, really. When I was a kid, I just got into, you know, listening. And wanted, I always wanted to know if my dad was playing a Dylan record or something like that, or Neil Young, I wanted to know what they were listening to. So I've always been quite obsessed with sort of finding the roots of where people got their inspiration from. But um, my first band that anyone would have heard of or bought records of was a band that I had with my brother. Band called Grand Drive, which is Grand Drive sounds very sort of like a, a big wide American freeway, I suppose, and that's what the music kind of sounded like. But much like the lyrics and the locality, it was it was actually rooted in the South London suburbs. Um, but yeah, Grand Drive put out a number of records, and we had an amazing time and toured around the world, I suppose. Um, since then, I've put out some solo records and some records under the name Danny and the Champions of the World. Uh, and recently, I'm in a little side project thing called Bennett Wilson Paul, which uh, alongside a couple of really lovely, great friends of mine, Rob, Robin Bennett is one who's in a band called Gold Rush and then a band called Dreamy Spires. And he plays with various people, uh, St Etienne and stuff. And uh, the other guy in Bennett Wilson Paul is a guy called Tony Paul, who the, the keen record nerds will know from his amazing 70s band, uh, Starry Eyed Laughing, who I guess if you haven't heard them, it's worth checking out. They, to me, they kind of sound a bit like the birds meets bad finger type thing, but Tony Paul is a sort of master of the 12 string Rickenbacker guitar, really. And that's uh, kind of what we've done with Bennett Wilson Paul. It's very harmony led and. Uh, Look, it's all fun. I love it. I've, you know, I've never been a hugely ambitious person, but I've been lucky enough to put out some records and to meet the most amazing group of people over the years, and many of whom have lifelong friends who I'd never have met if I didn't stand in front of them near with a tennis racket, 
playing along to Buddy Holly songs. But anyway, so it, the whole thing, records and making records and selling records and collecting records has been uh, what I consider to be such a joy and a, and, and a gift to me. Uh, I don't know what else I've already bloody done. But anyway, and, and, and weirdly, you know, when we were doing Grand Drive and that's how I got into selling records. Um, first of all, like many, many London bands, the sort of transient nature of what we were doing and the short notice of um, gigs or tours and the sort of avoidance of a proper career <laughs> uh, led us to Music and Video Exchange where me and my brother worked for a few years and uh, that was my first sort of record shop experience. But, um, yeah, it's all been great. I still love it. I, I still have a huge passion for it and it brings me a, a, a huge amount of joy. Um, and, and bizarrely, like I said, sort of equally finding records and talking to people about records and selling records, but also making records and doing gigs and meeting people, it's all the same to me. So uh, I feel very lucky. Danny, it's Joel. It's an early Saturday morning and I'm en route to do my first ever record fair. I've never done one. I don't drive. It's never inconvenient. Can't take, you know, 10 boxes of records on the, on the bus. Um, although that might try. But I'm, I'm off and we're in my first ever record fair. I'm quite excited, a little nervous. Didn't quite know what to pack. Nothing's in any kind of order. There's no metal rock and pop here. It is just a box of records. And I guess we'll just see how we get on. I'm just I'm just fearful of these little jammy fingers going through my records. But then I guess, you know, this is not a, not a playground. It's full of wonderfully respectful record lovers. So um, yeah, I'll let you know. How, I, might, I might kind of, you know, jump in throughout the day and let you know how I'm getting on. So the idea was that I was going to keep you updated throughout the day, but it was rammed, just manic from the start to finish. Didn't even get a chance to look at all the stalls. Um, I naively went by myself, so there was just no gap. So I was just selling records throughout the day. It was really a lot of fun. Got to meet some lovely people, got to meet some people whom I've been selling records to for a while online, but never a chance to actually meet. So that was really nice. I think I'll do it again. But I don't think monthly, maybe every other month or maybe every three months. I think the problem is they're not driving, it's relying on other people. So, yeah, it was a really nice experience. And I did buy myself an exceptionally rare, beautiful record. Got myself Rolling Stone Sticky Fingers Gatefold. Now, that was a manufacturing error. There's only, a, I think, a few hundred, maybe 500 that ever left the, um, the manufacturers. So, excruciatingly rare. This copy is like, it's immaculate. So I can't turn that down. I'd be a fool to turn that down. Made a hefty price, but very happy. Anyway, I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. Hey Joel, how are you? It's Danny. Uh, it's nice to hear about the record fair. Sounds great. Sounds like you had a good one. I, I've had weird experiences at record fair, so there's one that particularly sticks. Anyway, I hope you had a great day, by the way. But um, there's one that particularly sticks in, in, in my memory, but also in my craw. I guess. Me and my mate Justin, who now runs a record shop in Purley. Anyone listening near there, you should get yourself down there. It's called Tenpin. He knows his stuff. Him and his uh, wife Lisa, she knows her stuff. Uh, it's a great shop. Anyway, you should go there. Um, me and Justin um, did a record fair together in Brighton. I, I reckon it's over a decade ago. We took a box of truly amazing records. And it, it I guess in the day, uh, we were doing it together, so it was a little different, but I guess this is sort of early enough to be still fairly true to not getting too high on your own supply, I suppose. But there was records that we sold there 
we were so popular, like we just sold hundreds of records, and I think we were probably slightly underpriced. Um, but there was we had so many good records at the, at this particular moment, and there's still records in that in that box that we sold that I kind of, it, I wince at selling because it's so up my street. And it was even then. It was not like I've changed tack or anything. But I, there's, there, there was a couple of, um, there was a UK first pressing A&M, I think, of Gene Clark's um, White Light album, which I've always really sort of um, been looking for and never really seen in the same condition or... or, or, or um, or even many times at all, and 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 there was also a Roadmaster, the original. I think it was a Dutch pressing of um, a, a Gene Clark compilation that came out with some of his greatest stuff. But yeah, there was just loads of this really quite rare kind of slightly cosmic country rock stuff, which, as you know, Joel, uh, me being a, a customer of your flick through, and uh, and and we talk about records a lot. That is very, very, very much my bag. Slightly obscure late 60s 70s country or country rock but anyway uh, i'm glad you had it. i did i did i did do a, a record fair a couple of weeks ago and um i don't i never i'm a bit like you you know i don't really know what to take do you know what i mean I've, i have a shop and you have lots of stock so it's not a question of here's my boxes that i take to record fairs so i always sort of think have to think about it but leave it slightly too late and just can't, slightly can't be asked and um so the last time i took a mix of stuff like you. I took some new stuff, some second-hand stuff, some cheap stuff, some slightly rarer stuff. You always feel a bit like uh, one of the kids not dancing at the end of a school disco. Do you know what I mean? Uh, or I did at this last one. There were some guys who did really well. And I bought some records. I bought some really nice records um, while I was there. So, and it was a really fun day. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But, it, 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 you know, it was by no means a triumph. But I'm glad that you had a good one. It sounds lovely. Um, yeah, I'll speak to you later. Cheers, mate. Bye. Danny, so I had been meaning to send you a little message earlier this morning, but um, I was in such a rush, I forgot. But I got a email last night with someone sending a collection, and um, I was really excited by the, um, by the photos they sent some very nice vertigo swells some nice early prog and folk so i have just bought it and i'm absolutely over the moon some really nice records now unfortunately some of them <laughs> he said that when he was young he got stones and would use a felt tip pen and as the records <laughs> went round on the uh, turntable he uh, used his felt tip pen to color in the labels but that side the vast majority in lovely condition i'm very excited about getting them home going through it's about 200 records i guess in total some nice early hard to find vertigo um some nice early um folk some classic islands uh, free jeff Toll. so yeah a really really thoroughly good start to my sunday morning i hope you're well anything coming recently hey joel it's danny hope you're good mate uh all's good here um as we speak i'm just sitting uh, playing some of my rarest Vertigo Swirl um, LPs with my pack of felt tips at my side, getting stoned and uh, colouring in the very precious labels. Uh, not really at all, obviously. Uh, it's quite a funny story though, mate. I, I, I kind of totally get the young, the, the guy when he was younger, um, adding a little colour to that 
uh, amazing design. Funnily enough, yeah, I've had I've had some vertigo swirls in this week. Funny enough, Uriah Heep, uh, Uriah Heep's uh, very heavy, very humble came in. A few others, some really good classic rock stuff. I've had some really nice soul records come in uh, in the last week or so. The problem is they just you know, I, I sort of put them there. You know, regulars. Um, very excited about seeing some really cool stuff and that it, it tend, a lot of this stuff I, I kind of envy you getting you know ready for the um the flick throughs getting to spend a little bit of time with the records and play them and everything some you know i um quite a lot of stuff that comes into the shop the really good stuff i've always got sort of an idea of who might be keen on them as soon as they come in they have a look and then often this stuff goes before i really get the chance to sort of spend any real time with them but it's, it's interesting talking about the vertigo label which i think i don't know about you but i think it may well be the greatest label design of all time certainly in the rock age uh, i'm sure there's some amazing sort of soul and do what um labels um that would you know be cooler certainly but it's sort of in the rock and the prog sort of era i think that vertigo label is amazing obviously the pink island is always it looks amazing on the different sort of um, variations of it, but it's always nice to pull out a, uh, a Fairport or something like that and then uh, see the pink label. Um, another label I just love seeing, and, and I think they sound amazing, is the um, Red and Plum Atlantic, you know, first pressings, UK pressings are just incredible. The first, I had a really beautiful um, first pressing copy of Crosby, Stills and Nash's Deja Vu on the Red and Plum. And I've got to say, I'm not sure there's a record that sounds better. I'm not sure that there's many records that sound as good as that. I mean, just it just it sounds incredible. Anyway, uh, yeah, labels, cool. All right, I'll get back to me felt tips. See you in a bit. Bye. Hi, Danny. So I've attempted to send this a few times, and I think each time I've listened back and heard how quite angry I was. And I thought, oh, what is there? not quite prepared to share how sometimes I get so frustrated by people who call and are just so rude <laughs> and I find it sometimes difficult to handle their insistence and maybe their disappointment in me saying thank you for calling I really appreciate it but this collection's not for me and them just not being able to take no for an answer I have had instances where people have called me up I've passed in a collection and they call me up the next day and say, so we were speaking yesterday about my collection. I'm like, yes, yes, thank you. It's not for me. And I just had that from someone who called up to tell me about an Aretha Franklin vinyl box set. I said, well, look, I usually buy entire collections. I just don't buy one record goes, this one's amazing. You'll love it. Aretha Franklin with Gershwin. I said, do you, do you mean Ella Fitzgerald? Yeah, that's what I said, Ella Fitzgerald with Gershwin. This is amazing. You're going to really want it. I said, if it's a box set I'm aware of, it's, you know, it's nice, but it's not for me. I, I buy it. No, 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 mate. You're going to want this, the artwork. You're going to want it, buy it for the artwork alone. And I, I'm, please, you know, don't, <laughs> what I'm thinking is don't tell me what I want to buy. <laughs> so I said, look, thank you so much. I'm going to respectfully, but no, mate, you're going to want this. And you get to the point where you go, oh, my, my politeness is not going to get me anywhere here. I just have to be rather firm. No. Thank you. Goodbye. Block. But on brighter news, I'm actually going to see a collection, and it's uh, on a road that's parallel to the road I grew up on. Here in Latin Essex. It's a little 
was a bit surreal. But I will, uh, I will check in after I've seen it. Uh, and it was me thinking going to see collection of miracles would cheer me up, but alas, it's made me a little bit more frustrated. But I hadn't yet taken off my shoes, and the person said, "Oh, someone's already come over and bought the good ones." And you kind of say you didn't say that on the phone. And so what I was presented with was a couple of hundred of records, of which maybe half a dozen were nice, but still scratched. They did have a nice copy of Deja Vu, but it wasn't enough for me to make an offer. And as I was going through the records, as well as saying someone's already bought the good ones, they said, oh, and I'm actually keeping 12 really nice ones for myself. <laughs> like, is this all I'm worth? The scraps. <laughs> But tomorrow is a new day, and I'm off to see a few collections then, so I'll be sure to check in. I'm laughing at the uh, the insistent uh, customer who wanted to sell you their uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Gershwin or whatever box set. Uh, yeah, you get loads of people like that. It's, it, it, I don't know, it can be really frustrating. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. Uh, it can be quite funny too. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've been to the shop in Sutton and, and, and the, we have the shop in Lewis. But people, you know, most of the records I tend to buy are people coming in off the street. And obviously you get people, everybody it seems has heard that the uh, vinyl's back. It's really valuable. So you get some interesting conversations about the value of records as you can imagine. And also, I guess that it's, it's, it's the thing about the internet, isn't it? Like people can look up stuff, you know, like, I don't know, a Beatles record that's, you know, that they've got, a, you know, a repress of or something, but they've seen that the, the, the immaculate first pressing's gone for X amount. They think all their records are worth a fortune. Yeah, I do, I, and I do have to turn down quite a lot of records. People do come in and go, I've got some amazing records, I'm really great, you know, oh, there's Bowie and everything. And then they bring them in and it is, uh, you know, uh, all, all the musicals and, uh, which are some of them, which are fine, but um, yeah, a load of Mrs. Mills and uh, Jack Jones and all of that, which, uh, yeah, it's always slightly disappointing. But, you know, they obviously sold a lot of records at the time. But yeah, no, I feel your pain and uh, it was quite, I, I hate to say it, it's quite funny hearing your story. Anyway, mate, speak to you soon. Bye. So I am with Danny right now here at the Union Record Shop in the Sound Lounge down in Saturn High Road. It's very busy and I've been experiencing what it's like to actually run a big boy proper record shop with customers everything. And this is what I wanted to talk to Danny about briefly now. And it's like, Danny, what, what is it like? Because it sounds to me you're part therapist, part record shop, <laughs> record shop owner. I, I guess that, uh, I don't know about therapist, but I, it, it, I'm friends with lots of people. So you know what I mean. It's the same with you. You've made lots of friends through the flick through or through Twitter, or you slowly meet. I mean, today you've come down, right? And there's a flutter of excitement. Oh, Joel's coming there, and everyone's you, you're meeting customers, aren't you? Here, it's it's you make friends with people because you've got so much in common. They're good people, you know, and, and then it all goes around like that. It's a lovely it's, thing. Uh, what's occurring to me is a bit like a publican, you know, you, you run a pub and uh, the community based around a record shop is not dissimilar to one that in a, uh, in a pub. Well, well here, 
it's it's even more similar because, because it's like a pub as well because where where we're standing i've got a record shop that's in a pub or a bar venue restaurant so especially on the weekends what we get is there's a you know a gang of people who've sort of grown around the record shop but from where we're standing there's a bar six six foot away so people come in for a pint have a chat and it's become certainly on saturdays and sundays a bit of a funny sort of youth club for older people <laughs> but there's a few pints going around as you can see it's, it's fun it's a fun. youth club for older people that sounds yeah. like a pub to me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i usually ask this question on the pod and now i can actually ask you in person if i'm to visit you which i'm literally doing now and you were to recommend one record what record would you recommend that's in the racks at the it's moment it's in the racks at the moment i'm going to walk away with it today um if I was going to recommend a new record or a, a, a new pressing, a new, yep. the record that I would recommend the most is a record by a guy called Emmett Binley. And it was recorded, I think, and came out in 1970. He made one record and never made a record again. Oh, we like those sort of Yeah, it's, it's, it, and it's, it's, it's released by a, a label called Big Potato, who I'm good friends with, but they've had the most amazing reviews for this reissue. I'd be very surprised if at the end of the year polls it isn't reissue of the year and I it, it's rare for me to buy say 20 copies of a record but that's probably my 18th copy like it's, it's blown out it's got really good reviews As, you're not you're not this is not because you've got loads of stock in the back you need to no, get rid of one no no it's done really well <laughs> everywhere it, but I te- and I'll tell you why because it sounds a bit like Big Star's third album or Skip Spence, or it's it's total loner folk, psychedelic folk rock. It's it's exactly on the nose of pretty much what people were loving at the moment. Yeah. If you know. And that's what I really enjoy about your shop is that whilst you do have a lot of the classics, usually what's on the the display shelves are just records I've never heard of by artists I've never heard of, and there's always something to discover. So I will gladly take a copy of that off your hands. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. Tell you, the interesting thing is when because we've got a shop in Lewis. A, a, our own bricks and mortar shop with a, an alarm and a lock and so it's our space here we're in a like a it's a shared space in a way uh, much more communal and community but and i grew up in sun so when 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 we got the opportunity to open this place at the sound lounge um i i wasn't sure what sort of sutton is is a suburb of south london you know but it, it's not known for being the most creative hub in London you know it's 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 a very normal in inverted commas place so what I didn't want to do is underestimate the people in Sutton and just have Adele and and I have no interest in that they're great some of those are great records I just don't care for them it's not for me I didn't want to spend all day selling top 40 records so we start the first record I sold in this shop was Culture Two Sevens Clash and the second record I sold was a can album and I went this is going to work yeah for me and them yeah so I would say Sutton's quite a big suburb it's a borough most people who purchase or listen to music in Sutton aren't buying Emmett Finley but they're also probably not buying records off me that's where Amazon comes in or stuff like that but what, what I've been able to do is sort of galvanise a small percentage of the record-buying public in Sutton who are into the same shit as me and you, who, who are into having a conversation about Mellow Candle or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, and it's lovely. It's but you're, you're also touching on the fact that you're probably having an impact on the culture in Sutton, as well as being, you know, trying to tap into the, 
the culture that's already here, by being here, you're having an impact on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, well, I'm certainly feeding that that interest. But there's, as as you know from the flip flops, you can never underestimate people's sort of hunger for new stuff or their amazing taste or their amazing knowledge or their curiosity. Yeah, I'm always fascinated by pure music curiosity. I don't know what that is, but I trust the label. Yeah. I trust the, the way it looks. I trust the seller. I'm going to take a punt. Well, the way it looks is an interesting thing for me. You know what I buy. I buy either sort of late 60s, slightly country, being intrigued by the psychedelic world, but too easy listening for psychedelic heads. Do you know what I mean? Like Johnny Rivers is a great example. I love that shit. Or the, the Bobby V kind of country rock. rock. That, that's, that stuff is like so interesting to me. But I've, I think I've whittled it down. I sometimes buy records that I will never listen to again but I think unlike books you can judge a record by its cover <laughs> you can certainly judge the intention of the record yeah that's a good point see you later guys see you Michelle I'll see you Friday yes I'm looking forward to it bye <laughs> yeah yeah no, it's, it's, it's I'm a pig in shit let's face it <laughs> oink oink <laughs> thank you I swear, Danny, I spend more time in the forest than I do in record shops. And I'm here again. But we've come to that time. We have been sharing each other's WhatsApp voice notes now for the last month. And it's been a great pleasure. Not only that, I came visited you. And that was lovely. So here is the final time for you to say goodbye, plug your shop, tell us what you've got coming out, what you've got happening and, uh, and an opportunity for me to thank you. Usually I ask, what record would I buy if I were to visit your shop? But I've already done that in real life. See, I do exist, as do you, and the world is a better place for it. So thank you, take good care, and I know that I'll be seeing you soon. Hi, Joel. Um, I've got an idea. I think you need to open a record shop in the forest. And people have to sort of forage and camp and find their way uh, like Hansel and Gretel to your hidden shop in the forest. What do you think? We could only sell sort of acid folk and stuff. Uh, I think it's going to be a great success. <laughs> I'd come. I'd bring me tent on me back. Anyway, listen, it's been an amazing month of chatting to you. Um, it's been really fun and it's been always great to hear from you and... Uh, I'll I'll continue to uh, look forward to your visits and also to buy some of your amazing records on on the um, flick through. Um, the the only thing I've got to add, you know, and is 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 really, I mean, I'm no businessman. That's just the truth. But I doubt very really whether too many sort of record nuts are um, equally business minded as they are passionate about um spiral labels and all sorts of wonderful music uh i've never known so many records to be sort of to unearthed really i was sort of had to write a little this sounds really showy off here but it's not i had to write a little thing in shindig magazine because there's a new record that i've just put out um with the side project called bennett wilson paul and they were asking me about what i've been listening to new and what i've been listening to old and um it just it just seems to me like this a constant supply of sort of unearthed records. I think you, you picked up that Emmett Finley album the other day. 
um, which was came out in 1970, has been pretty much lost since, but it's really amazing. I was sort of musing on the idea that I, I'm pretty certain you could replace the sort of accepted um, knowledge of the classic top 100 records of all time. Uh, I think you could easily replace the whole lot with equally good music that no one's ever bloody heard of. Um, we'll never be able to put that to the test, but, you know, I, as you know, I keep um, being hungry for records that I've never heard before but look and sound like the sort of thing I'd love. Um, some of which I'll buy off you, mate. Um, but, yeah, and, and just wanted to add, you know, yeah, my shop's Union Music Store. Myself and my very good friend Del Day have owned the shop, and we have one in... a a uh, bricks and mortar shop in Lewis in Sussex and we have a a kind of concession a bricks and mortar sort of shop in a really really wonderful music venue and bar and vegan restaurant called the Sound Lounge in Sutton um even if you don't want to buy records I'd highly recommend people go um take a visit there it's a really very special place um and I just want to add listen chatting to you about music um I view the record shop very much like I view the band um, and, and making music is that it, all of it's great, but the, the really amazing part of it is, and I feel like it's a massive gift that's been given to me, is the friends that you make through this. Um, so many of the customers in Lewis and Sutton have become really, really good friends, just like so many of the people I've met through playing music and going to gigs and stuff, those people have become like lifelong friends and people who I'd never have met were I not, you know, into into music to the extent that I am. Um, and I count you very much as one of those friends, Joel. So uh, everybody listening, enjoy, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Thanks a lot. Bye. I told you it was a diamond. So, Danny, thank you so much. Um, I've really enjoyed speaking to you this last month. Uh, and I recommend everyone to go down to the shops. I, I've not been to the one in Lewis yet, but I've been to the one in Sutton. And it's great, and I really recommend the cakes. The records are good as well, of course, but the uh, cakes are fantastic. Um, while I'm here thanking people, thank you, Frank Chinelli. Um, all the music you heard was written, produced by Frank Chinelli. Find him online, buy his records. Uh, thank you, my darling Yuri, for all your editing help. Uh, just wonderful help. And um, I'm going to be back in about six weeks' time. I'm going to take a little time off, uh, find someone new to uh, do a new episode with. Uh, and until then, you can find me online. I've said my shop name enough times now. And uh, take good care.